ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live at the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Occasional Invitational Golf Tournament at Wildcat Golf Club. Now, from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. He's Blank on Branham. If we think Shingoon develops into a star, if he's already there, what is the best way to get a star next to him? 713-780-3776. We'll get to that in three minutes. Um... Steven says, I get in my feels when people talk about guys like Warren Moon and Earl Campbell being the best players in Titans history. Steven, that's a good point. Like, I understand that Amy Adams, the Titans, they own the rights, they own the history, they own the IP, et cetera, et cetera. I agree with Steven, though. Like, you can't say that Earl Campbell is one of the greatest running backs in Titans history. You can't say that. that. I've said over and over again, when you look at that stadium – Whenever they do the the wide shot and you see all the legends of the Love You Blue days and the Bruce Matthews and the Earl Campbells and those jerseys hanging up in their stadium, it's a travesty. It is it is ridiculous. And the record books are one thing, but the fact is is that you know we've seen franchises move all over the place, but people that know the game that have watched the game, they understand where those guys did their damage and made their mark. And those guys are forever Houston football legends. It's ridiculous that you have to see their jerseys hang in the stadium of a team they never played for. Yeah, that's uh, the, the, even the jerseys is one thing, but it's more like the sports debate. Like, if you could you imagine we're doing radio in Nashville and we're talking about is Derrick Henry stack up with Earl Campbell as the greatest running back in franchise history? That would feel wrong. That oh, would be it would disingenuous. Feel dirty. Yes. I would. I don't think I would do it. I, don't, I, I, I really don't think I would do it. I, I'm totally with you because I think we could have the conversation of, hey, the greatest running back in Titans history is Derrick Henry, and the greatest running back in Houston football history before the franchise got here is Earl. How do they, how do they stack up against each other? But I'm never going to say that they're battling each other for the greatest running back title in Titans history. Alex says, DeAndre, second best Texan, question mark, question mark, hot take Boulevard, Branham, Andre, and Arian better. Um did I say DeAndre was the second best Texan? If I did, it was a slip. I, I said I he's the second best receiver. I didn't catch that. I said I, I, maybe I did, but I meant, and I think I did say this, is that he's the second best Texan wide receiver ever yeah. behind Andre Johnson. You go Andre Johnson. You go DeAndre Hopkins. Third place is interesting. Kevin Walter. God, if you like, look at the list of receivers and their numbers, it's it's Brandon pretty, Cooks. It is Brian pretty says. putrid Third, after the the top two. You have Andre, who I have pretty significantly ahead of DeAndre in franchise history. Yep. Massive drop down to third. It might be Tank Dell. Go Cooks. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. I definitely don't mean he's the second best Texan ever. I meant second best wide receiver ever. Uh, Lamont says, I don't care how nice Wrigley Field is. I'll never go back to Chicago. It's a bad word. Um, oh, I disagree. I love I love my time in awesome Chicago. In the summer, I loved it. Oh, it's fantastic. The pier, and I mean, all the tourists they go to Rush Street. How's the ketchup there? But it's the same as everywhere else. If you get the right brand, I, I, the biggest thing to me is there's so many things to see and do, and the the city is very friendly, um, and it's it's like it's like visitor friendly in terms of being able to get places, walk a lot of places, have a ton of stuff to do. Look, the winter's a different story, and even still it can be fun, but I'm telling you right now, Chicago's a great city. 
Yeah, people were trolling us from Tennessee. Uh, best running back in Titans history, Earl, and then Derek Campbell, or Earl Campbell. Uh, I guess you should have taken better care of them or they would have moved to Nashville. That's a 936 area code. Where is a 9? Is that a Houston area code? It's like um, Nacogdoches Station. How is a Nacogdoches Huntsville area code talking crap to Houston radio hosts about the football team in Nashville? Maybe That's they, not maybe kosher. they just got relocated by a company that hates them. That's not kosher. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. All right, if we think Alpi Shingun develops into a star, maybe he's already there. Do you think Alpi Shingun's already a star for this year? I, I don't think that he's a star. Like you know, like a. I don't think he's a franchise player until he continues this upward trend. But for one year, he's figured it out and showed you that he's a guy that it very well in another year could be a guy that you're going to lock up with franchise player money. Yeah, I think he's close. I think he's on the cusp. Uh, I, I think it's, if you were to say he's a star already, I wouldn't really have much of a fight. I think that he's on the cusp. He's on the brink. He's close to getting there. I'd like to see a little you know, more consistency. Not that he's not a consistent player. It's more let's keep doing this for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I certainly think he's on his way. I think the – I think the Rockets sure. have a, an emerging star with Alpi Shingun. Lots of people think that you need to have two stars on a championship team. What is the best way to give Alpi Shingun another star? Well, if you look at a lot of the, the, the models that have been successful, I would say that you keep stockpiling the young talent, but that would mean that you're going to try and keep your own draft pick this year and or this is about the last year that you're going to have kind of the draft assets that you could throw into a deal. But the more young talent that you build, the more chances when another situation like James Harden or a superstar that gets disgruntled wants out, um, like you might find out with Embiid in a year or two in Philly, um, they look for the young team with assets to build around, to, to rebuild with or to, to, to get a bunch of young potential budding players. So you, you're in a good position. You're, you're in a good position to do that right now until people start figuring out more than you might know right now in terms of some of your young players. But if you're not going to do that, you've already locked up Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks with big contracts uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, it gets a little bit trickier in terms of the trade and or you can't really say you're going to go out and draft one. So then it becomes a little bit more challenging, and, and, and I think that that's where you've got to have a guy that pinpoints your franchise and says, I would love to play in Houston. I'd love to play for U- Udoka. I'd love to be in a situation to play with a Shengun. And then you say, well, he, you know, if he, you're lucky enough to have a guy that says, I only want to play for you. Now we've got to make a deal. But I, I think that they're in a good position to keep doing what they're doing right now, keep developing and building their young players. And if there's a guy that they want, especially if they're getting close to free agency, that's the best chance to get them. See, I think the best way and the perhaps the easiest way, the path of easiest resistance, I know the saying's path of least resistance, I think the best way to get a second star next to Shingun, at least the easiest way, is you develop Jalen Green into being that star. That Jalen Green, instead of being the guy that every once in a while gives you 25, 7, and 8, or 7, and 6, whatever the case may be, is that he turns into that player every single day. I think that Jalen Green certainly has the potential to be a star. He has certain games that are star-worthy uh, that he has you know, over the course of a season. I, I think that there's some growing pains with Ime Adoka, uh, kind of learning what he wants. Let's take care of the basketball. You better give effort defensively. I've actually seen effort from Jalen Green defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen him be pretty good uh, defensively. I think the easiest way to 
grow a second star, have a second star next to Shingun, is to develop Jalen Green mm-hmm. into that star. Now, and I think that's part of what Ime Adoka is here for. Obviously, it's to you know bring this organization a face of consistency, tough-mindedness, uh, make them relevant, make them an actual like team in the NBA. Secondly, I think it's to develop the players and the young players that they already sure. have. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to match that because I agree with everything that you said, but I'm going to change the player's name. I think I'm, I think I'm, 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 I'm yeah. Thompson could be that guy. I just don't know if he's ever going to be that scorer. I think he could be a scorer. I don't know if he could be a shooter. But, Definitely, but not I think a that he can get eh, to the rack. I don't. I don't hear. Let me. Let me before I before you go on too much about the shooter thing. I think he can develop into a thirty percent three point shooter, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, because perfectly that's what I'm saying. Fine. He can still be a scorer because he's going to get to the line because of his skill set. He's going to he, he's going to get to the rack. He's going to get easy baskets. Now, can he be a shooter? That's a different story. But can he score enough to be a, a double digit scorer? But then when you start putting the whole pick the whole bag together, when you're talking about the assists and the rebounds and the steals and all the things that I think he's capable of, I think he's in that discussion to where you have two guys. I don't think Jabari's ever going to be that guy. I don't think he's a star. But no. I think you've got two guys that still could be the guy. Amin and, and Jalen. Yep. Next to Shingun. Yep. Uh, see, I don't, need, I don't even think Amin ever needs to be a good shooter. I think he has to be a respectable shooter to where he at least gets You can't lay off of him and line. take away his, his skill of being able to get to the basket. Like, if you're putting an Amin Thompson in a pick and roll and they're going under the screen every single time and Amin Thompson doesn't have the confidence to bury a three every once in a while, that's going to put you in a difficult spot offensively. Or if you've got a defender on, his, on skates on the perimeter and you, he knows hey, you can either shoot the three or drive, and all of a sudden he gives you five feet of space and says, I dare you to beat me with a jumper, but you're not going to beat me off the dribble. Yeah, we're on the same page. He doesn't have to be be a good three-point shooter. He has to draw the respect of the defense as a three-point shooter for him to be like an upper tier. Just be respectable. See, I think that the – and this might sound completely homerish. I think the Rockets have a championship core. I really do. Now they have to get all of the all of them have to hit their ceiling. Mm-hmm. Alpi Shingun has to be that star where he can give you twenty and twelve, twenty five and twelve every night. Jalen Green has to hit his potential, which is the biggest question here. Jalen Green has to hit that potential where he can average twenty two and can get to thirty on any given night. Where Jabari Smith is turning into that lockdown defender, he's going to give you fifteen rebounds a tonight, double, which has been guy. really good. Yeah. A double double guy can hit a three. Yeah. Like there's not many guys in the NBA who can play the four who are going to give you a double double and shoot. 35% from three. Like, that's a pretty unique player that on a, I think is a championship type of player. He's not going to be the first best player. He's not going to be the second best player. Might not be the third best player. He could but be in the starting lineup. That's he could huge. be Draymond Green esque without the debaggery. Yeah. And, and he could be a perfect complementary piece in, in, your, in your starting lineup to all the other guys that you put out there. If you have a guy that can give you 12 rebounds, play really good defense, and shoot 35 to 40% from three and play the four, most teams don't have that. No, and they almost love it. every and that's team today, doesn't that, have that's that. today's game in a nutshell, right? Right? A, a, a big that can play face-up uh, three-point shooting basketball, yep. but when he needs to, go on the block and also defend and get rebounds. And then the amend potential. Like, I think that he can be kind of a poor man, Ben Simmons. Hopefully he's a better shooter where he's kind of flirting with a triple-double every single game. Did you game. miss one? Did I, are you talking about Cam Whitmore? I'm talk, well, he could. No, I'm talk, I, I, did you mention Tari? No, I don't think Tari can be a star. I no, think, not a star. But, but, but a piece on a championship oh, rotation? Yeah, I, yeah. Loved, I love his game. Tari is a six-man yeah. coming off the bench with the versatility of the different roles he can play, and he can make shots and finish at the basket, and the level of defense. Tari's a hell of a piece to a, any mean, puzzle. I'm being dead serious. I think that they have the makings of a championship team. Now they have a long way to go. Like their, See, ceiling, their ceiling to me is championship good. Right now they're at a five, and that ceiling's at a ten. They have a long way to go, but I think that they have the potential. There's potential, but I think the more probable situation is 
everybody is everybody that we mentioned continues to develop. And then when the Van Vliet and the the um, Brooks cons, uh, contracts expire, now you play big. You go big bear hunting, and, and you add whatever you need. Whether that's another star, whether that's you know a veteran or two that that is on another level in the prime of their career, that's when you can take that step to charge chasing chips. Yeah, you add to it. Like Fred Van Vliet, to me, this should this, like it's a two year deal. He's a bridge. Yeah, he's a bridge. Like you shouldn't extend him. Like by nope. the time his contract's up, it should be a Min Thompson's team. It should be his team by the time his contract's up. Here, here's the difference of opinion from Jalen Green. We've got a bunch of text on this, but one side of it with Jalen Green, uh, this guy says that the Rockets fans still arguing that Green is the cornerstone and not Shingun are delusional, package Green and pitch for a superstar. So that's one side of it. The other side of it, they already have one in Jalen Green. Needs a bit more polish, but I think he can get there. So it's kind of the two sides of Jalen Green, and that's kind of the tenor on Jalen Green. A bunch of people are giving me grief on the 936 area code. All I did, guys, was Google 936 area code, and it says North American area code 936 is a state of Texas telephone area code numbers for uh, the cities of Nacogdoches through Huntsville area, as well as a few other outer portions of the Houston metropolitan area. That's all I did. You don't have to give me so much grief, texters. 713-780-ESPN. HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. I feel the theme of the Astros offseason is a bunch of if. Tell you why and why it happened recently again. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about Pajamagram. Pajamagram is the gift that keeps on giving. It is fantastic. You buy it for somebody else, but you can reap all the benefits. Pajamagram.com. If you're shopping for your significant other or you still need to and you haven't done it yet and you know time is running out and you don't want to go to the malls and fight the parking lots and the crowds and the stores and then try to figure out what to buy and then you got to wrap it and then you got to get it all prepared and everything like that, all you got to do is go to pajamagram.com and eliminate all that. But you're going to reap the benefits because you're going to get her something she really likes. And there are so many different factors built in. One, if you go and look at the naturally nude pajamas on pajamagram.com, they are absolutely the top of the list, favorites and always sell out during the holidays. But if you get her some naturally nude pajamas, they are soft, supple, they absolutely hug every curve, and they are like a second skin that she will love to wear. When she wears them for you, you will love them even more. And right now it's a two-for-one deal because if you buy them, they're going to throw in a naturally nude nightgown as well. It's a $75 value. It's a two-for-one. You can have them wrap it there, get it to you before Christmas, throw it under the tree, and you are going to be an absolute star in your household and in your relationship because it's a gift that keeps on giving all year long. She's going to love that you thought of her and thought of her in that way. She's going to wear that. That stuff for you, and you are going to have a happy holiday season and a very merry new year. Go to pajamagram.com right now. Check out the naturally nude pajamas. Get the nightgown thrown in, and you can get yourself a Christmas gift that is going to be for the ages. Check them out today, pajamagram.com. ESPN 97.5. You've chosen wisely. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. The Killer Bees, live at the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Occasional Invitational Golf Tournament at Wildcat Golf Club. Now, from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Uh, he's Blank, I'm Branham. Uh, 5030s calling me Homer Simpson. 9780 of Greener Whitmore become elite. They can contend. 7308, you know what they say about potential? It hasn't happened yet. It may never happen. I do think potential is highly overrated. And potential, a lot of times, you never you never reach it. So I do agree with that. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. 
So I think that the theme of the Astros offseason you can describe in one word. If. If. There's a lot of if when it comes to this Houston Astros team. I was reading Brian McTaggart's latest work, uh, this newsletter a couple weeks ago. Dana Brown with this quote uh, about the Astros filling the bullpen holes with internal candidates. We feel really good about our two guys at the back end. We just need to strengthen our middle core. If we could fill that from within, that would be outstanding. Remember what he said about Jake Myers? We're going to give Jake Myers a chance to be our everyday center fielder. He's already really good defensively. If he can hit, he can be an everyday guy. This is a World Series contender, and they're filling out their ro- not even their roster, not even their roster. They're filling out their starting lineup, Jake Myers, with if he can hit. The middle of this rotate, like the, the bullpen, middle of the bullpen, one of the strengths when the Astros won the World Series two years ago was their bullpen. Yep. I think it was a strength last year as well. Now you're talking about filling the rest of the bullpen with guys who are unproven. They haven't been great. Maybe they've been potential guys like Forrest Whitley. If we could fill that from within, that would be outstanding. The theme of this offseason for the Astros has been a bunch of if, and I think if you're a World Series contender, you shouldn't be filling out your oh. roster with a bunch of if. Like, when you th- – what you want from a contending team, not to, to go to the all-out extremes, but you want a team like the Dodgers trying to get better and going out and doing whatever it takes to get Otani. You want a team like the Yankees that's going, you know what, we fell short. We're going to go and we're going to trade for a guy like Soto. You want teams that are on the cusp that are going to continue to go out and stay at the very top level of contending teams. What you're looking at is mid-market moves from a big-time, big-city team in the Houston Astros. And I think whether you you plan the pun or not, but it's not the off-season, it is the if-season because – all he's doing is filling it with ifs instead of filling it with upgrades and players at positions that we already know need to be addressed. We said it wouldn't be that difficult, no matter what your cap situation was, to see two of the three guys in the bullpen walk out, but go get some veterans that want to play for you at a reasonable price that you can replace them with and still be as effective as a bullpen. Instead, he's talking about Forrest Whitley having a role in your bullpen. I mean, you don't know what he's going to do yet, but so far he's done nothing, and what he's given you in terms of the quotes – is basically we're going to stand pat and we're going to build from within. We're going to be just fine. I don't think the other teams are going to be just fine. And look, ultimately they, they might, but why not have the, you know, you bring in one more middle reliever and then you have these last few guys fighting for one spot instead of fighting for multiple spots. You know, why not bring in a, a left field bat that might not co- cost you an arm and a leg that's like, okay, well, if Myers does have failures offensively, we have a, we have a plan B. We have an alternate plan. It's like, I'm okay. Like, you know, I'm actually all right with giving Jake Myers a run at it to give him a go. But what's your fallback plan if he stinks? Now you're going to look at either Mauricio Dubon as an everyday guy, which puts a huge hole as a utility role. And I think every good team should have a, like a super utility guy because injuries happen in Major League Baseball. So I really don't even like that option. So if we eliminate like the Dubon option out of it, now you're moving Chaz to center. You're moving uh, Jordan playing left field. I hate that idea. You know how I feel about the Jordan yep. and left field idea. And then now who's your DH? Like is Victor Caratini going to catch 140 games all of a sudden? Nope. And Yiner Diaz is going to be your DH? So I don't love See, this offseason at all. See, instead of looking to, like, find bargain basement signings and spend five and seven here, I mean, if you want to do something that still upgrades your team, play Chaz in center. Play, if you want to 
face the fact that Jordan's going to play at least half the games and left, and then go get Brantley for five or seven. Or I go, don't mind that. Yeah, and, and I'd be fine because he doesn't have to play that much in left field. But even when he's not playing that as a designated hitter, he's still a stick, and he showed that when he came back last year. You still get him on the cheap, but you're a much better ball club for the 162 plus, and you don't have to really run the tire off of his uh, run the tread off his tires. And you're still a better team than telling me that Jake Myers in center field is a viable option for a World Series, a team that aspires to be in the World Series. And look, maybe it is, but give me a backup option, like the one that you mentioned. I'd be fine with that. And it, it, I understand the, the difficulty of this because I don't think that Crane wants to spend like way over the competitive balance tax. He has called it a cap before. I was reading that uh, Chandler Rome article today on uh, The Athletic, and he's, I mean, he has a quote from Crane that calls it the cap. Now, signing Caratini, like, it takes him over the CBT, but just barely. So, like, does he want to go way over? Is this his only plan? And, like, it doesn't even get factored in until the end of next season. So, do they shed a contract? I was going to say they want to get now, rid of somebody. It's also, like, I didn't realize this until I read that, that Rome piece today in The Athletic. Jim Crane has never paid the competitive balance tax. He went over it once. He went over it when they traded for Zach Greinke, and then the following year in 2020, they were operating over the luxury tax. But in 2020, this thing called COVID happened, and Major League Baseball dropped Dropped the tax on being over the competitive balance tax. I didn't realize that. So, yes, Crane has been over it once, but he's actually never paid the luxury tax for being over the competitive balance tax. So I'm not even saying that Crane's cheap. I'm not saying that at all because his payroll is going to be really high in Major League Baseball. I'm not saying that the Astros need to be going out and, like, making a trade for Juan Soto or, like, signing Shohei Otani. I want them to fill out the roster with, like, these veteran free agents that are good backup plans in case things go wrong. Uh, Michael Brantley is a name that I would like at $5 million. a year. And if it's not Brantley because we saw what happened with the injuries, but if it's not that scenario, then you got to find people that want to play in Houston. you got to find people that have ties to or would like to be a part of what they've built in Houston. Brantley's the easiest one because he wants to be here. He likes being here. He elected to stay here, and they love him in the clubhouse. So if you can find someone on a vet that's a veteran like a Brantley, maybe a little younger, that hasn't won a ring or wants to compete and be on a really good team, and they'll give you a discount to go get, get that opportunity, then maybe you can do that too. But there's a different, a many different ways that you can get, go about this. What you don't like is your general manager is giving you the philosophy of the Milwaukee Brewers or the Cleveland Guardians in, in ter- instead of going at it from the perspective of this is a perennial powerhouse World Series team and we fell a little short whether it was just bad luck and not winning at home or it was something more. But we know there's a few holes to fill and we can go do that. We might go a little over, but you know what? In doing so, we might reap the benefits of a whole lot more profit by what we do on the field and how far we go. And here's, like, the internal option, too, when it comes to middle relief. Like, I, I love Presley. I love Brian Abreu's 8-9 guys. Like, it's one of the best in the entire league. Your seventh inning right now is up in the air. Is it Montero, who was awful last year? Is it Graveman, who didn't finish the year because of a shoulder injury? And shoulder injuries are scary yep. for pitchers. I hate that. So you really have uncertainty there. So what if Graveman's hurt? What if Montero's sucks again who's your seventh inning guy it's Forrest Whitley it's Renell Blanco like I it just I don't love that. it is a scary proposition and it is something that I think they're banking hard on Graveman but it's hard to bank on a guy and you shouldn't be banking on a guy that's dinged up and we saw this with the Texans with Casario banking on a guy that he drafted high in the first round at, at, at guard and realized I didn't get the backup plan and I got screwed and left holding the bag 
You don't want to go into a situation going, look, I've got on my little whiteboard in my office the seventh inning penciled in as being Kendall Graveman and then realize, hey, the shoulder injury didn't go away. It's not fixed. He's not the same, and I can't rely on him. And the other guy who was overpaid by a guy not named me but that I have to deal with is a guy that's not going anywhere that you know might have to be in the middle of my bullpen in Montero, and he's not very good. And that's a huge problem for a team that has high aspirations. Three nine seven zero Astros are shopping at Goodwill for free agents instead of Neiman Marcus. I don't think they're shopping. Nine seven eight zero. The Astros are tweaking, and their competitors are upgrading. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line for Philip. Philip, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up? Hey guys. Hey guys. Unlike the Yankees, I think we kind of pretty much already have our stars. So I don't feel like we're necessarily needing to make a big splash. What I'm more concerned about. Is just being average in our holes. So instead of being like terrible, just be, you know, majorly quality. Um, and one way I thought about doing that to find some hidden value would be focusing on guys that are more platoon players that you can pair up that aren't going to get paid as much because they're not full time guys. Uh, so for example, and I'm not suggesting this is necessarily practical, but you could get a guy like Brandon Belt, who I believe hits righties well, but is terrible against lefties. Yeah. Pair him up with a Brayu, get some rest for a Brayu where he plays better because he's getting rest, uh, not not playing every day. Get him some DA traps, you know, mix him up a little bit. Um, and I think that's um, what their new catchers they're looking at doing because I believe he's got some uh, strong splits in one direction, if I'm not mistaken, where no, they can yeah. play him I, against I... certain matchups better. Appreciate the call, Phil. I, I like where your mind's at. I think that's a good way to fill out the rest of the uh, the bench because I don't love this Astros bench. I like Dubon a lot. After that, like Hensley right now is projected to be – or Kessinger, not Hensley. Kessinger's projected to be on this roster. There's another roster spot that's probably going to be a battle between Corey Jolks, Jolks and John yep. Singleton. So I like Phillip's idea. Like Instead of those guys being bench players, how about you sign a guy who's really good against lefties and then can start against lefties? Caratini splits are pretty much the same, and he's a switch hitter. Now Caratini's a little bit better against right than lefties. The problem with that is Yiner Diaz is much better against righties than yep. lefties. So it's not like you're really fixing a, a hole or a flaw or a weakness. So I love where Phillips minds at. It's just that Dana Brown's not doing that. But that's the other point too, is that right we just gave you two different scenarios and options that you could pursue to try and make this team better. And that is whether you pursue the Brantley option or you try to do something like Phillips suggested. The fact is, is there's ways that you can still better this team. You can find a veteran and, and a free agent here and there that can make this team better. And it does, it's not going to break the bank. It's not going to be an overwhelming shot to the pocketbook. And if Jim Crane realizes that all you got to do is stay competitive with a chance to win the World Series, the attendance is going to be there. You're going to go over 3 million fans. You're going to sell your merchandise. You're going to give away your rings. And, and you're going to get your TV ratings on top of it. But you've got to show your fan base that you're still willing to be competitive and do what it takes. You can't just sit there and bask in all the rewards but not really want, want to reinvest to keep the I mean, longevity. Crane, I'm on your side, play devil's advocate here. Crane would tell you that we're in the competitive balance tax and we're over the, the CBT. I tell my general manager there's other ways you can do this to stay under it. If you can try and move some guys or do some things to get creative with trades and other things, yeah, you can I don't still think it's do that, it that easy, way, Because, I mean, your big contracts are Abreu Montero. I don't think they're tradable. Yeah, Montero I would love to be tradable, but I think you're probably right. Abreu obviously isn't. But then suck it up and say for the time That's being – you also suck it up for the time being. Make the moves. If at a later date you want to try and pull the plug or try to save some money off of it, go ahead and try and do that. But at least you set yourself up to start the season in the best possible position to, to compete for another World Series. That's where I am at. I want a, the best middle reliever you can sign for $5 million and the best outfield bat you can sign for $5 million. 
That's, I don't think that's too much to ask for, right? Is that too much I, to ask for? 713-780-3776? Whether Brantley believes he owes you or not because he got grossly overpaid for what happened last year, he loves being here and a part of this situation. And maybe as a trade-off, he takes five or seven and decides to, you know, to, to come back for a year knowing he's not going to be a full-time player, but he doesn't have to be. Five million for the best outfitter on the market that will sign for that much. Five million for the best reliever you can find that would sound for that much. Is that too much to ask? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Also on the other side, uh, top ten paid athletes in Houston sports this year. Are these guys overpaid, underpaid, or appropriately paid? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. ESPN 97.5 on YouTube. Dog Show. How much weight do you think I could bench press? Just make a guess. Ballpark figure. You are live in the Hive with the Killer Bees. The Hive is currently buzzing from the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 Occasional Invitational Golf Tournament at Wildcat Golf Club. Here's Joel and Jeremy. It's always buzzing. Uh, Blank and Branham, how do you feel about being the last guy in a restaurant or bar? And everybody else is cleaning up and waiting for you. So if you're the last guy but you're not alone (laughs) back in the day, that was a good thing. If you're the last guy and you are alone, that's a really bad thing. Yeah, I guess we're not alone. I hate being the last table shutting down a place. Like a restaurant, it doesn't matter. Restaurant, bar, I hate being that guy. Why? What do you mean, why? Because the service workers are waiting for you to leave. It's an easy answer. Yeah, but you've already eaten, so you know they're not going to spit in your food because you're hanging around. And you're not. And if you're, as long as you're taking care of them at the end with a tip, it's not that bad. They're ready to go home to get to their loved ones, and you're sitting here being jolly and merry with your company, and they're ready to get out of there. That's, That's why I feel bad. It's fine. This explains a lot. This, is, this explains Same, a lot. You're the guy that doesn't have any feelings, and suddenly you're going to tell me you're emotional. I guess I have more feelings than I thought. I have at least one <laughs> than feeling. I thought. I like our service workers. Thank you for our, for your service. You like Injury Report Radio? Uh, Amin Thompson's not going to play tonight. He is sick. He's got an illness. It's been running through that Rockets. Uh, yeah, but that's rough room. coming off an injury, playing one game. Played and okay, then, too. And, yeah, and he looked decent, and, and they were limiting his minutes. But now you want to see more, and you're going to see less because now he's hurt. But, I, I mean, now he's sick. You know, I don't think you need him tonight. That's fine. And Holiday's been playing good enough as a backup for now. But just get right and let him roll because you got to see. A, I want to see a lot more of him. Yeah. Uh, Texans injury report is long. DNPs. Will Anderson. Hopefully he can play. Ankle injury. God, I hope he can. Blake Cashman's been reported that he's not going to play. He's going to be out a week or two. Nico Collins said it's not long-term, but he might be out. That was Patrick Storm that said that. Uh, George Fant did not practice. He didn't, he didn't practice all last week and played, though. Didn't yeah. play well, though. Uh, Tavier Thomas is going to be out for a while. He's only been on special teams. Laramie Tunsil did not practice. He usually doesn't practice on Wednesday. Yeah. And then C.J. Stroud, obviously, is not going to practice. I don't think he'll practice Wait, uh, at all Who'd you say didn't practice on a Wednesday? Tunsil. Oh, damn. Oh, twice! Yeah. Boom! Uh-oh. <laughs> so much for that. Look out, lawsuit. It might not be a very Merry Christmas for the household. <laughs> I'm going to get fined. Dang it. Man. Thanks for pointing that out, though, by the way. You're welcome. You, first, you're going you you to stay in late and keep these service workers here, mm-hmm. and then you're going to expose me. Just remember how me it all fined. started, sir. I didn't get you fined for your seconds, though. Just remember that you pointed you me, it out and started the, 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 the train going down the track, and yeah. there you got it. Uh, I'm never getting those 100 bucks there back. There you go. Uh, Brandon T., I think Jim Crane might be content with the roster and where things stand after the past seven years of success the Astros have had 
I that's fair. I I don't think he wants to sp- I don't think I don't think he wants to be taxed on his payroll. I think he thinks it's bad business to be taxed on his payroll. Yeah, I but mean, they're look, in the tax. Any businessman that's made the money the way he's made the money, you, you're going to be shrewd in what you do, and you never want to pay the tax if you don't have to. But the fact is, is that winning has a price. You have basked in the return on investment of buying this team and watching a winning franchise continue to put up big numbers and championships, and so. If you want to continue to bask in it to that level, sometimes you have to reinvest a little to keep reaping the benefits on a more long-term basis. I don't think he has to invest all that much to the one texture that said that. They're not, or the caller. You're not looking for another franchise player in free agency. All you got to do is get a couple of good role players to add to what you already have, put a Band-Aid on a few holes, and you are one of the best four teams in baseball. Give me $10 million. If I'm Dana Brown... Jim, please give me $10 million. I'm going to spend that $10 million on a backup outfielder. That would be my contingency plan if Jake Myers fails uh, because I'll move Chaz to center and he'll play left, yeah. and then I'll spend the other money that I don't spend on that outfielder for one more reliever In to the boost pen, yeah. up my bullpen. That's, that's all I need. I don't need tons. That's what I'm saying. You don't need give a superstar. You don't even need an everyday player. Listen. You need an arm in the pen and a bat in the outfield. And you are as good as any team in baseball, and you've proven it. Yeah, it's not asking too much. Ten million. Here I am begging for ten million dollars. Here I am and saying still it's wanting Naris back, and that just told me even more he ain't coming back. <laughs> ten million dollars, not that much, unless you're Jim Crane. Uh, Seven three zero eight. If you're the last table, everyone who works there, absolutely bad word hates you. Uh, this guy says, "Has Blankers ever worked in food?" Bad yeah, word. Bad I word. I have, but at the same time, if they tip well at the end of the night, I've been with people that have been the head of the last table at a restaurant or a bar, and when the check came and the tip was handed out, there's no doubt those people didn't have a whole lot of bad words in their mouth. Big bank blank. No. Handing out big tips at the end of the night. No. There you go. The texture just When the chuck wagon rolled through, believe me, nobody was too concerned about them being the last table. I haven't heard that name in a while, at least since the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Here are the top today. (laughs) I don't know about that. I didn't bring it up today. The texture said you did. I haven't. Did I? He <laughs> does it subconsciously. When, when, how? When? does it subconsciously. Brian's nodding his head yes. I didn't bring it up on the air at all today. The texture said that I, you did. I don't, I don't remember this conversation was on the air or off the air, but you definitely talked to. To those guys over there, but that wasn't on the air. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah it might not, it it was might not, not have been, it might not it up been up on the air. I didn't brought it up in a while. I didn't, I didn't hear it for, for what yeah, it's I was talking to the guys yeah. over here off the air because they were asking about when I was with well, the Rockets. Well, if a text line person is bringing it up, text though, line. Somebody on the text line mentioned that you brought his name. It had to have been on there. Okay, well, at least that's more credibility than Twitch. But I don't recall. I mean, it doesn't say a whole lot. Touche. 713-780-3776. says 78 fall started going to practice. I'm just going to let that one be. Uh, so here are the top 10 highest paid athletes in the in the uh, Houston professional sports in 2023. Uh, the Houston Chronicle put this together. Good job by Matt Young. Um, I want you to tell me if they were overpaid, underpaid, or appropriately paid. Okay. You want to go 1 to 10 or 10 through 1? 10 to 1. Michael Brantley, $12 million. Overpaid. I have to lean overpaid too, just because he was hurt. Yep. If he was if he was healthy the whole year, I would say appropriately paid. But you played, yep. you didn't play until That's, late in the year. You know, it was a hot button all year for me when Bagwell told you he was going to be ready for opening day. It started the fire. It's only his guide shoulder. And, yeah, and then the freaking towering inferno of when he I finally can't. did play was so annoying. I can't get over how bad of a take that was. Jeff Bagwell, whose career ended because of a bad shoulder is telling you you shouldn't worry about another player's bad shoulder. Yep. <laughs> Why did we ever believe but that? But then putting a date on it and saying, just mark it down, Why put it in Sharpie, he's going to play opening day. Why did we believe that? 
no idea. I don't know why we believed. I don't think you believed it. I, I, I did. You, you didn't believe it at all. I remember that. Uh, number nine was Ryan Presley, fourteen million dollars. Yeah, he's he is uh, uh, appropriately paid. I would actually go underpaid. He might be. I would say like eighteen would make more sense. So I would go well, underpaid. Look, what did Kimbrell just get from the Orioles for one? Thirteen, and yeah, he's, he's over the hill. And he's hey, he might close next year, but he's I mean because Batista's right, because he's hurt. hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're talking about a guy over the hill at 13, then you're probably right. He's underpaid. Yeah, I didn't – and that contract, too, it was kind of a criticized contract whenever he signed it. Uh, this one's an easy answer. Lance McCullers, $17 million. Overpaid. Yeah, overpaid. Uh, I want him to have dog in him instead of saving all these dogs. Uh, Number seven, Jose Abreu, $19.5 million. Overpaid. Yeah, that's an easy one. That's yeah, I mean, nice finish to the well season. Gaff. Way to get the Dones pills and work out the back problems. But, yeah, no, uh, not enough to save the money. He needs to have a good year next year. The he contract sure does. Has, I mean, there's a good chance that contract's only going to look worse and worse and worse after year two, year three. Uh, Dylan Brooks, sixth highest paid athlete in Houston, $21.5 million. He's overpaid, Jeremy. I, I know that for this team he's going to do a lot of good, and, and he was a nice add. But at Whatever the ninety some million over the length of the contract, or whatever you just said for the money for this year, yeah, he ain't that player. I'm going to say that he's appropriately paid because the Rockets had the money to spend it; it didn't cost him anybody else. And I think that it's a perfect guy to have with an Ime Adoka team. And we give a lot of credit to this Rockets team making a turnaround defensively. He's the face of the defense, so I'm actually going to say appropriately paid for Dylan Brooks. Number five, Larry. Number seventy-eight for the Houston Texans, who plays left tackle, twenty-five million dollars a year. I'm going to say appropriately paid. That's hard for me because I really think he's overpaid. But his his numbers and stats show you he's still one of the top five left tackles in the game. So I'm going to say appropriately played. Uh, he's one of the very best whenever – I mean, he's one of the best. Like He's one of the best at his position. I think it's appropriately paid. It's the price of doing business. If there's anybody overpaid on the Houston Texans offensive line, it's Titus Howard. Uh, number four, Jose Altuve at $29 million. He is – how much is it? 29 It's pretty hefty. It is, but he's pretty damn good. I'm going to say appropriately paid. Yeah, I'll go uh, – yeah, I'll go appropriately paid too. If I had to pick one side, I'd say a little bit underpaid just for what he means to the organization. But appropriate's fine, even though he missed a bunch of games last year. Number three, Alex Bregman, $30.5 million. Overpaid. That's not going to be popular. Easy. easy. It's not going to be popular, but it's a, it's the truth. And you know that uh, – I'm just going to spit the, spit it out the way I see it. And the fact is is that when you look at the roller coaster ride that was Alec Bre- Alex Bregman's season, I wasn't expecting top five in MVP balloting. But I was expecting consistency. I was expecting the kind of things that he's always been able to do. And he wasn't able to do all of those things this year. So I'm going to say he was overpaid. He's not a $30.5 million third baseman. Nope. He was in 17, 18, 19. He's probably about a $22 million year player. So it's overpaid, too. And what stinks is that his sauce is not overcompensating for anything. Number two, Fred Van Vliet, 42.8. He's overpaid. Again, he's another guy like Brooks that I know that you have an argument by saying he's the right guy with the money that they had to spend right now, and he's a bridge. But for a guy that if you just say contract to numbers in terms of how productive he is, he's overpaid. I'll go overpaid. If you had to pick one of these to overpay, Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, which one is more overpaid? Dylan Brooks. See, I go Van Vliet. I wouldn't mind playing a Min Thompson, Fred Van Vliet minutes. Now, you wouldn't win as many games because a Min's going to have a bunch of rookie mistakes, but I would have fun watching a Min Thompson play a bunch of minutes. And then the highest paid Verlander, 43.3, which is kind of misguided in here, a little misleading because the Astros aren't on the hook for very much right, of this contract. Right. Yeah, that is kind of a, an asterisk. Um, he's overpaid for where he is in his life and in his career and with his abilities. Um, but 
he's still a damn good pitcher, but he's overpaid. If, if what the Astros are paying him, though, I would say he's actually underpaid. Well, if you, if you factor it in, if just overall contract, overpaid. Yeah. Contract that the Astros have to pay, fairly paid. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll back you up on that one. All right, 713-780-ESP. Our car wreck of the day. It's probably going to be us if you ask these service workers. What's the car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com? You can get your nominees in. 713-780-3776. Killer Beast on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com Tiger Friendly Radio And he says, well obviously you want to watch the guy with the big one I said, well you ain't that straight <laughs> You alright? <laughs> My leg's broken, the ball's oh, coming see. through Let me see, let me see. Ah, you ah, ah, bone, you prick Where's my f***ing money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day Brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right, Blank, Branham, Brian. Hey, here, Killer Bee, too. I'm surprised Andrew Carlson's working on our show, but I know why he is. Uh, it's Killer Bee's Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. I really thought our... I thought uh, I thought our suit here, Todd, was going to stick around to the bitter end with us. But, I uh, thought so too. He's like, eh, I'm good. I don't want to be the last guy out. I'll leave it to you guys. Thanks, Todd. All right, what are we nominating for our car wreck of the day? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. First one's got to be Joe George. Joe George not working our show. He loves our show. I'm glad you said it, which because it means I don't have to. I'm sure Alex was going to nominate him. I didn't see that he did. Alex always nominates. Alex always nominates him. Yeah. Did uh, Did Joe tell you bye? No. Did Joe Not tell you bye, Brian? He didn't tell so, me bye either. So Joe was working hard on beer yeah. and relaxation. Then Joe worked hard on the buffet line. Yeah. And then Joe just flat out shedded some clothes before he decided to shed the room and walk out. Didn't say goodbye to anybody. Well, you know why he didn't say goodbye. Because then he knew he was going to take more heat. That's probably part of it. But he also didn't want us to know what time he was getting off work. Probably true as well. Because he probably ducked out around, what, 4, 4.30? Oh, easy. And he didn't want to know the guys that he works with until 6 o'clock that he was ducking out an hour, hour and a half early. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I, I think it's a combo platter of all of it, like the combo platter that he digested before he left. I, 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 I think Joe is a perfect nominee yet again. Yeah, so I'm nominating Joe. I'm going to nominate us for being do? the last ones here. We have no uh, doubt we're doing our job. We have no me, choice. It makes me incredibly uncomfortable. I don't like it. Uh, the I'm owners are still playing boots. Golden Tee. They're fine. Yeah, but I don't think that they're very happy playing Golden Tee. I think they'd rather be on their way home. Um, Tim, stop the swing. Are you happy playing Golden Tee right now? Thank you very much. Case closed. I don't believe Tim. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, ex- I'm embellishing a little bit, but it does make me a little bit uncomfortable. All right, what, uh, what else are we nominating? What screwed up in sports last night that I'm trying to Draymond. Remember? Draymond's punch. Oh, Draymond Green, absolutely. That's a good point. No doubt about it. Draymond Green, just for being a complete D-bag. I'm gonna, that's a great call. Like, the, the, the whole defense on Draymond Green, I, I'm just not buying. There I'm can't sorry. be I – don't, he's run out of people that should be defending him. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. He's just swinging his arms to try to draw the call from the official. Dude, you don't swing your arms up to the ear of a seven-footer if you're just trying to swing your arms to draw swing, the call. And at the peak of your swing, not leave your hand open, but clench your fist. Was it clenched? I tried to slow it down. He started to close it as he kind of gave clenched. a little extra ump. See, I, I, I was trying to slow it down or so much where I could see like the mannerism of his hand. Or it, to see if it was open or shut. I couldn't tell enough to tell if it Real was Real time, it sure looked like it, it was, was clenched, closed. and he looked to put a little extra on the top of it. Draymond Green needs to do these celebrity fights. I want him to fight a Paul brother. Let's see, let's see how tough he is. If you can't beat a Paul brother in a fight, you're not a lose. fighter. 
That's rough. Yeah, I think those, he'd lose. Those Paul brothers are actually better athletes than you would think, but they're not boxers. They're not boxers. Draymond Green should fight a Paul brother. A three-three-three-eight. He's going to nominate the left tackle for the Texans. Not practicing. He says he needs to step up and earn all that money. Uh, I mean, he's got a bum knee. I'm going to defend him a little bit. He's got a bum knee. Now, the problem that I have with him having a bum knee is that he was playing with 68 seconds left to play in a 24-point deficit yeah, that's on a bad field that was kind of wet. Uh, 713-780-3776. What are you nominating for car wreck of the day? Somebody sent us a – Wheatstraw sent us a picture of a building. He says, I nominate this building on Allen Parkway. But I'm not going to open your picture, Wheatstraw. It could be a virus that infects my computer. I know better than that. Did you just open it? I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I talk a big game. See what you started? Yeah, I'm, I'm just telling game. you. Well, he opened it. I talk a big game. I'm going to nominate the winning golf team at the occasional Invitational, saying that they shot a 19-under. I never believed the winning score of a scramble. I told you how to solve all this, right? No, you haven't. Yeah, when, when you have the pencil whippers and the drunks that like to cheat on their score, you have to go out. The top five teams have to go out and play it off. Ooh, Show me how good you are. That would be fun. Yeah, and then the rest, of, and then the rest of the the, the tournament can go watch. Five them, is too many. Put a little like, okay, let's let's just go through three. Let's hole go top playoff. three. Let's go let's the go podium. Top three teams. Yeah, we should give me one hole. Sudden okay. death. Even still, you're going to find out real quick who the real true golfers. I are. I like that. So the 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 eighteen holes. Yep. You get to the podium. You have to finish in the top three. Yep. And then once everybody's then turned in test. the scorecard. No, I don't care about that. No, but I'm saying it's like taking a drug test. You now legit have to back up your performance by being able to show that it was legit. Plus, how much fun is that? You have a four-man team, three of them. So you have 12 dudes teeing off, and then you're playing a four-man scramble with three teams down one playoff hole in a sudden-death victory. That is awesome. That's a great. That's the best idea you've ever had. Well, that might so, be the best thing I've ever heard you say. So have you, have you ever played Calcutta's? Oh, yeah. So that yeah, was, I used to get bid on all the time for like two or three dollars. I bet, uh, and that was that was actually an overpay. <laughs> but the in the Calcutta's, the that was one of the Calcutta's I played in every year, where that was the best way to uh, solve it. They take the top, all ties have to be played off. But you actually have to play the hole with another team, so they're policing you anyway. So there aren't no there are no gimmies, and there's there's less pencil whipping. But at the end, all ties are played off in front of the rest of the tournament who idea. are liquored up yeah. and who are going to put, you know, not going to be quiet when you swing and you're going to see who can play and who can take the pressure and who deserves to win. Plus it would just be cool. Like it's just awesome. you have the you have like the groups the the ones that didn't make the podium, they're around the green watching the final playoff hole. That would be that's a great idea. I'm a big fan of that. Uh car wreck of the day King of Twitch says Texans hype backfire. King of Twitch hates the Texans. He really does. He hates anybody saying good things about the Texans. I think he hates CJ Stroud. I think he hates D'Amico Ryan. I think he hates anything positive about the Houston Texans. Some would say he hates paying bets, but that's not me. He does hate paying bets. See, that's what would be some. He didn't. He never. He lost a bet to me and didn't pay his gift card. Uh, Dick Willie did the same thing, and then he vanished forever. Poof. He he owed me a bunch of money. This guy says Jokic getting a, actually he didn't owe me money. He owed me a bottle of whiskey. Jokic getting ejected and alluding that if the game was in Serbia, the rest would get murdered. Oh, did wow. he say that? Well, he's got, well, first of all, he's got two brothers that don't need. That would be probably the guys first in line to take him out. I bet you he never gets ejected again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who's, who's winning car wreck of the day? Draymond a- Green. Andrew, you pick, since you're a special guest of the show. I hate Draymond Green, so he can win the car wreck of the day. Yeah. Is Draymond Green a Hall of Famer, Andrew? No question. <laughs> no question he is? Yes, no question he's a Hall of Famer. He's a four-time Dang. NBA champion. I can hate him. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Robert Champions don't make you a Hall of Famer just because you want a champion. Robert Ory averaged seven points a game and has, has many rings. That doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer.
All right, you guys get a podcast. i got to get out of here. This makes me uncomfortable that nobody else is here. It's going to do it for us. Thanks to Brian McDonald doing the hard work on-site engineering. Uh, Andrew Carlson back at Gal uh, doing some hard work as well. He's blank. I'm Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston, broadcasting live from Decoy. So long, everybody. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. Oh, it's you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh?